Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to go to our website at www.churchofvictoria.com, or you can check us out at Facebook at facebook.com slash vctchurch. If you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share it. That really helps us out. If you if this ministry has blessed you in any way or if you really appreciate the video, hey, we want to encourage you to uh, head over to our website. There's a donate button there at the top. Go ahead and partner with us in this ministry. It, it, it's really awesome, and we, we appreciate any gift. Um, we're going to continue in Exodus chapter uh, 9 tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really excited to get into it. Yep. So let's uh, pray and get started. Right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study again with our with our audience. We're grateful, Father, for them and for their for their diligence in watching and, and paying attention and growing and, and striving to understand. And we pray, Father, you bless them and bless their families, bless them in every situation they find themselves in. Uh, Father, help us to today to be a to be a light in a dark world. Help us to be a, a shining beacon uh, for truth in a dark world. Father, we we pray your blessings upon us as we as we navigate through this text tonight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're in Exodus chapter nine, and we've and last class we you know we talked about um, you know the fact that all of the Egyptian society had kind of been turned on its head. All of those institutions. Now their institutions, of course, were all based in paganism and religion and all of these things. Uh, one of the things we talked about was this uh, this deity God God mocking yep. all of these deities, and mm-hmm. so the deity that was that was being mocked here was probably Emotep. He was their god of medicine and, and architecture. He was actually a human, much like the pharaohs, right? And then he was deified later. Although the pharaoh is considered a, a deity, a living deity, Emotep was added to their pantheon or added to their, their uh, deity, deities at a later date after his death. Um, but he was a god of healing and, and all of those types of things. So that's just another institution being kind of flipped on its flip, head. If God's flipping their... Their reliance on him, flipping it upside down. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, so we're looking at the Old Testament, but we're looking forward to Christ. And, mm-hmm. you know, in Christ, a lot, especially in the 21st century, we kind of we kind of always look at God and Christ as this, you know, incredibly forgiving figure. And he, and he is. I think he certainly has and, and deserves that reputation. But does there come a time, Dan, that our God of second chances no longer offers a second chance. Well, I think I think it's pretty obvious that that uh, he's given Pharaoh chance after chance after chance here to to uh, do what God has told him to do. Mm-hmm. He's he's performed all these things, and and now the the his magicians can't stand up against this. Uh, you know, they have this plague of boils, and they can't stand up against it. That's what it says. And it says, but here it says the Lord the Lord's the Lord has finally had enough with him. You know, he's had enough. He said, I've given you plenty of chances, and you've hardened your heart every time. Now I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. And I think that I think that we have to be really careful in our lives that we don't do exactly the same thing that Pharaoh does. That we get so comfortable living life that we forget that God has a plan and God's trying to lead us somewhere. And when we constantly turn our nose up at him and constantly turn our back on him and constantly to say, I don't need you. I want to do it my way. There's going to come a point when God's going to be finished and God's going to have enough. Uh, I don't think that's where where many of us are, but I think that there's times in, in all of our lives where God said, you know, let me show, I'll just show you. 
So you Actually, so you would say this isn't something that just occurred then. No, it's something I don't that occurs so. now. As I well. think I think God God is a He's a parent. Okay, do you do you use some of these kinds of things for for your children? You know, do you do you uh, finally get a feel of them acting a certain way and, and say, okay, now the punishment's going to get more severe. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to really do what what you thought I wouldn't do. I'm going to do it now. Well, that's exactly what's happening here. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. He said, I'm done. Well, uh, you're going to see now what, what I'm really like. Well, what do you do with, what do you, what do you do with two children when you have two children that, you know, one child is trying to do the right thing and one child just stubbornly refuses to do the right thing? You know, you may try and you may try and you may try, but at, at some point, you got to cut that other child off Well, for the good of the family. The problem a lot of parents have is they don't treat them equally. They don't treat mm. them the same. I mean, they don't, they don't treat them, you know, if, if the one gets out of line, you know, then you, you know, you start to blame the other one and you start to punish both of them the same when both of them didn't do anything. God here is looking at people's hearts. He's looking at Pharaoh's heart. And he said, I'm going to show you now because you're not, you're, you're not getting it. You know, the last time he wanted to say, well, y'all can just, y'all can just worship here. Well, I'll let you worship here. That's not what God said. Right. God said, let my people go. Let them go. Well, and there's, and then even so, like right with parents, we can make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Um, we can look at, we can look at two children, and we don't know, we can't see their heart like God can. So mm-hmm. God, in His perfection and His His omnis, omnipotence, His His all knowing, knows Pharaoh's heart, knows where he's at, and knows that he's not going to turn here. We have to, we have to recognize, guys, you're you're watching here, and some of you may be watching. You don't have a relationship with God. You're saying, I'm trying to figure out, do I want a relationship with this God? God is a very loving, very kind, very compassionate, very empathetic. He, he, is, he can be your best friend, but he demands obedience from us. I mean, that's just, he demands obedience, guys. He demands for us to be obedient to him, do what he tells us to do. And he said, if you do what I tell you to do, I will bless you. And you will, you can, you cannot even believe the blessings. Of, of that I can that I can show you. There are people out there that have taken that to an extreme and said God's going to bless them with wealth and all that stuff. That's not what he's saying. He's saying I will be your God. You can't even imagine what that's like. What if Pharaoh had said, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You think God could have blessed him? Oh sure. You think God would have blessed him? Absolutely. Well, I mean, look at Cain. You know, in Genesis uh, in Genesis chapter four, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Cain's all upset and frustrated because mm-hmm. Abel's doing the right thing and he's not and Cain's not and God said hey why is your why is your face downcast just just do the right thing yeah do the right thing since crouching at your door it's up to you to master it yeah. right so even knowing what Cain was going to do he still gave Cain yeah. the opportunity to do the right thing yeah and when he came back he said he said and Cain hollers at him what my brother my brother's keeper yeah 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 you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah absolutely you, know, you <laughs> killed your brother you know you're his it says his blood is crying out from the ground yeah. you know what you've done so you know, when, when you look at this and say, we're all under this same thing. I mean, I think we looked at, we talked about a while ago, we were going to look at Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, you know, some of the things that God says here. You know, if you look at Proverbs chapter 1, and you look at verse 20, it says, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud and raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. In the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you and I will make known to you my teaching. What did God say? Quit walking around in a fog. Well, and it's it's also not, you know, in the New Testament, the Gospels, right, it says, you know, we should we should hunt for this wisdom as buried treasure, right? It says that but, in chapter 2. But it's not, 
it, the, the desire should be to hunt for it like it's buried treasure, but it's not buried treasure. No. God says here, right? Look at look at the beginning, right? He goes, it's out in the open. Yeah. It's it's cry, I'm crying out in the public square. I'm. It's not mm-hmm. hidden. Mm-hmm. But we should have a desire for it like it is a sweet and hidden thing, like it's a precious hidden thing, yeah, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that God's hiding it and only a select few no. can find it. No, God's calling out to everyone. God wasn't hiding anything from Pharaoh. No, he wasn't. He was telling him absolutely. And, of course, Pharaoh was looking for excuses, and he found some of his own magicians. They could do this. They could do this. They could do this. But they got to a point they couldn't do it anymore. Well, he was looking He was looking to trust in, in things that were going to affirm what he and wanted. And we talked about that last week that—, that uh, that this world has been turned upside down. Oh, yeah. It has. And people, all the things that people trusted in, many of them have taken a hit. Oh, many yeah. of them have. You know, if you trust in your wealth or you trust in your, you know, in your in your health, you know, those things take a hit when you have a pandemic going on. People get sick. People lose their jobs. You everything know, pe- gets locked down. Everything gets locked down. And now everything is is in a state of, of difference. It's different. And only well, one we have yeah. to look to is God. And God's saying, hey, don't don't abandon me. Don't harden your heart. You know, I will turn you over to it. And that's what he says later on. He said, he said, you know, if you're gonna do that, I'm going to do what I do. If you if you hear and refuse to repent, and see that's what this yeah. wisdom is talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the situation Pharaoh is in. He has heard the word of the Lord, and he refuses yep. to turn towards it. Look at and what then, it says in verse 30 here of chapter two, chapter 1. This is Since, Proverbs chapter, chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the way, waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. People say, well, people are watching that. Well, I'm not, I'm not simple. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not complacent. I'm not a fool. I'm trying to do God's will. You know, but God says, I'm not hiding this under a basket. Right, right. You know, I'm going to make it very clear. All I got to, all you got to do, that's what we're here for, guys, is we're here to help navigate you through the text and help you to find a relationship with God. That's, that's our goal. Yep. Isn't it? You know, we're, we're looking for the Messiah here. But you know, it's so easy. It's so easy to lie to ourselves, right? Like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for God's way. I, I was talking to a lady the other day and she was saying, oh no, no, I'm a Christian. And I was like, okay, well, what is, what does Jesus tell you to do then? Mm-hmm. And she's looking at me like I'm like I'm an ogre. Yeah. And I'm like, you're the one who says you're a follower of Christ, but you don't know Jesus and you don't know what he tells you to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but you know, you know how you can tell a Texas Tech fan? They know about Texas Tech. Yeah, they got a shirt on that says <laughs> Texas Tech. They wear it. They probably know the who the you, you know how you know I'm not a Texas Tech fan? I don't know anything about Texas Tech besides the football team. Yeah. Or before besides it's a college and they have a football team, yeah. right? Uh-huh. I'm not a fan. Uh-huh. You know, I've been to Lubbock, been there. I didn't even know Texas Tech was a school till I went to Lubbock. And then yeah. I was like, Oh, I guess these people like Texas Tech. Where is that? <laughs> and they're like, it's a school in Lubbock. Oh, okay. <laughs> But that's you see my point. Yeah. You know, if you're a fan, you follow. If you're supposed to be a fan of Jesus and you don't follow, are you really a fan? Well, no, you can't. You you're not going to convince anybody you are. At some point. Well, and who cares if you can? And and, and this is the other thing too. I, I on that idea, right? Who cares if you can convince me you're a fan? God's not confused. No, he's not. He's not. And he is very specific about what it takes for you to prove that you're a follower of Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You are my friends if you do what I tell you to do. It, it, it's simple, guys. This is not complicated. It's not. Pharaoh makes it complicated, and God says, I'm going to show you. Let me show you what I am. 
Well, anyway, now we've got a plague of hail. That's right. So, you know, we were looking at verse 12, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's hearts. This is the first time that happens. Mm -hmm. God knew it was going to happen. God told Moses, hey, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. And sure enough, you know, what what are we, five plagues in? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Pharaoh's hardened his heart enough. He's refused to listen to wisdom. He has refused to repent at God's call. Tried to make deals. He's tried to make, tried to make deals. deals. He's tried to trust in all the Just institutions. What we do. Just, same thing. We same do. thing we do. And God said, "I'm, I'm done. done. I'm done." And it's not up. And I want to make this really, really clear. It's not up for me to say when God is done with you, and it's no. not up for Dan no. to say that either. No. We have no idea. This is totally in the in the in God's wheelhouse. My problem is wondering when when He's done with me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't sit in judgment because I'm wondering when have I abandoned? When when have I ignored him, not listened to him, tried to do it my own way, and then he coming in and say, "Wake up, let me show you something," and hit me, thump me, you know, like we used to do kids on the ear, thump them on the ear. My wife used to do that in church, like that, thump them on the ear. <laughs> Probably be child abuse now, but anyway. All right, so we're going to pick up in chapter 9, verse 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh, and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go, so that they may worship me. Or this time, I will send the full force of my plagues against you, and against your officials, and against your people. So you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Now, this is this is the classic example of God taking that huge pantheon of Egyptian de- deities and Him just flipping it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Emotep and your 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 false god of wisdom and and healing and, and all of these things is not like me. He can't no. do what I can do. No. you know all me, of your little deities. You. Yeah. And let me show you, right? So yeah. He's flipping all those things. up. And now you're him. gonna have a god evidently of nature, and He's gonna He's gonna turn this god upside down because He's gonna send hail on him. For by now I could have stretched out my hand. And struck you and your people with a plague that would have wiped you off the earth. So in other words, it could have gotten, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. But I have raised you up. Now this is interesting, but I have, well, I mean, it's all interesting, but this in particular, think about this. But I have raised you up, this is verse 16, for this very purpose. That I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth just studied it on sunday morning we just we're studying the book of john and we just just studied chapter nine in chapter nine of john the it starts out with jesus coming to the blind man that's been blind from birth mm. and they say they ask who sinned this pa- guy's parents or this guy and i asked my class i said wait a minute how'd this guy sin if he's been blind from birth would he sin in the womb how did he sin well and i and it and i said and God says, tells him, no, Jesus says, no, this happened to him that God's glory might be replaced. I said, wait a minute. I asked my God, does this seem fair to you? Does this seem fair to you that God made this guy blind him and sit on a corner and wait, begging for pennies, you know, and, you know, somebody jingling a penny in his, in his cup so he could crawl around on, on all fours or somewhere trying to get to some place where he could buy him something to eat. Does it seem fair? And then we went to, uh, we went to chapter 11, chapter 11, Lazarus gets sick. And Jesus said, don't worry about it. We ain't going yet. We're going to die. No, you don't worry. He ain't going to die. Said, he's sick. You need to go to him. You get there. We can go. Even the sister said. And he said, no, this is happening so that God's power might. Wait a minute. You let this guy die? 
let him go in the tomb for three or four days. Not just die, but probably suffer and die. Yeah, he suffered. And then here it says, I have raised you up for just this purpose. Now, this guy's no good, okay? But those other guys, that, that blind guy, he didn't do anything. See, and that's, and that's, but that's the perspective right there. That's, mm-hmm. and that perspective, right? It's, well, this person's good and, and this person's not. Says who? Yeah. For all have sinned and, and fall, fall short of the glory, glory of God. God. All. God's all. perspective is different than ours. It's very different. God's use of people is different than we do. You know, none of us are good. No. And we all deserve, we all deserve for the sins, for the things we've done, for if we're missing the mark, for not living up to the way that God expects us to live, for for not trusting him and in, in, trusting in him, right? Following so, him. Think about it from this perspective too. God doesn't consider the righteous people who check off boxes. He considers no. the righteous those who have faith in him. That's right. So when we fail to have faith in him, when we fail to trust him, when we fail to look to him, when we've done what Pharaoh has done and, and look for all of the reasons why we can do whatever we want to do or to support what we want to do, we fail. All of us have sinned. That blind man, whether he was blind or not because he sinned in the womb or all that nonsense, whatever that may be, he still had sin in his life. He was still a sinner. But he was blind from birth. But he wasn't blind because he was sin. And no, it's a sinner. No. So that's it's like this it's this interesting dynamic where do we deserve anything better than the blind man got or anything better that Pharaoh no. got or anything that Lazarus would we we don't deserve anything more than that. We certainly are deserving we still of have, punishment. We still like Pharaoh have a choice every single time. But what's funny is sometimes bad things happen and it's not punishment. No. It's not punishment for sin. No. This guy was blind from birth. That's a short stick, man. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a bad hand. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's that ain't a, fair. That's a that's a I'm folding immediately. I ain't putting any money in the pot. I ain't putting yep. any money. I yep. ain't calling. I ain't doing nothing. I'm yep. folding. Mm-hmm. That's a bad hand. Lazarus. He actually got a. I, I'd say looking at his life completely, he got a pretty good hand. But still, it's no fun to suffer and die. And yet, what are we going to be called to do? What hardships are we going to be called to endure so that God might be glorified? Yeah, Pharaoh. This happens to Pharaoh. This happens to the Egyptians. It happens to... Who is it when they're invading the land? Who is it that responds because of what happens to Pharaoh? Do you remember? When they, when, they, when they go into the land, they send spies into Jericho. Rahab. Isn't, who, who's she? She's a whore. Yeah. Or she's a harlot. She's a prostitute. And, yeah. and, uh, and she, is, she is, uh, lives in Jericho. She's but, a Gentile. But she tells the spies... All the people in Jericho are terrified. They're terrified. They've because heard about we've you. heard of what your God has done to the Egyptians and to all these other people yep. as God has led you out of the wilderness. This was 40 years ago. God, the, Rahab, and the people still remember it. And what do the people do in Jericho? They harden themselves. But what does Rahab do? She softens. She softens. She softens. And she says, I'm, I'm with you guys. And, and her whole, fa- whole family is saved, and you find her in the seed line of Jesus. <coughs> She's oh. in the seed line of Jesus because of it. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, I mean, it's awesome. You know, it's it's all a matter here of whether I'm going to harden myself or I'm going to soften myself and allow God to work in my life or I'm going to bow up and say, you're not doing this. I don't believe it. I'm going to do it my own way. We've been talking a lot uh, this these past couple of Sundays. We've been going through the Gospel of Mark, but we've been talking a lot about trusting God and bearing up under difficult times. Mm-hmm. And the absolute, as a Christian, the absolute, how, just how absolutely essential it is 
because that's what God is looking for. Now, God can use those things. Romans, right? Romans chapter 8, God, make, God makes it really clear. I can use these things for good, these, these bad things that happen. I can use them for good, turn them for good, turn them to my purposes, mm-hmm. right? But our response in those things and during those times, right? Pharaoh, as someone who's outside of covenant relationship with God, right? So someone who isn't, isn't a follower of God, his response is to repent, to what God is doing. God is saying, I'm doing this, and his his response to the word should be to yield to it. As a Christian, when these difficult times happen, our response has to be standing in faith, yeah. continuing to yeah. trust God, yeah. continuing to, because these things are glorifying to him, mm-hmm. right, when we do that. And so that's what God's looking for. He raises up in verse 16, I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. In verse 17, you still set yourself against my people. How insane do you have to be? You know, I mean, the first first plague shows up. These guys show up. I, I, we're serving this God. This is what he says. And then they, they show a sign that demonstrates that. You know, do you remember the Pharisees in the Gospels? Christ healed a, a, a man, healed a man, right? And what did the Pharisees do because he healed a man on the Sabbath? Got back with the healing on the Sabbath. And then they went out and did what? They plotted his... To kill him. To John kill him. Five, yep. how, how nuts do you have to be to see God working and go, oh, I'm going to set myself against this? Look at chapter 9, where it, uh, what's going to happen with the blind man that's healed. I mean, it, it's... They more... do, yeah, that's right. They do it there, too. Yeah. So... Anyway. Unreal. You still set yourself against my people and will not let them go. Therefore, at this time tomorrow, I will send the worst hailstorm that has ever fallen on Egypt from the day it was founded till now. Give an order now to bring your livestock and everything that you have in the field to a place of shelter because the hail will fall on every person and animal that has not been brought in and is still out in the field and they will die. Those officials of Pharaoh who feared the word of the Lord hurried to bring their slaves and their livestock inside. But those who ignored the word of the Lord left their slaves and livestock in the field. How nuts. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward the sky so that hail will fall all over Egypt on people and animals on everything growing in the fields of Egypt. When Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning uh, flash down to the ground. So the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Hail hail fell and lightning flashed back and forth. It was the worst storm in all the land of Egypt since it had become a nation. Throughout Egypt, hail struck everything in the fields, both people and animals. It beat down everything growing in the fields and stripped every tree. The only place it did not hail was the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were. That's bad, man. You know, the, you know, you look at pictures of Kentucky right now, uh-huh. and the tornadoes that went through it, and it's just devastating. I mean, just devastating. And different places that it, that those hurricane, those tornadoes went through. You've seen what what, you know what? I've I've never been through a hailstorm like this. I've seen hailstorms before, but never like this. I can only imagine what it looked like. You know, everything's beat up. Everything's stripped. Trees are stripped. Everything. Things are dead. Big hailstones. You know, big hailstones kill people. But look at what Pharaoh's response is. Look at what happens. Look, look, read, read on there. Look. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned, he said to them. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. 
pray to the Lord for we have been, have had enough thunder and hail. I will let you go. You don't have to stay any longer. Doesn't, it ain't going to stay that way. But for a moment, he's doing this just to get just to get it to stop. That's what we do too. You know, I'll I'll keep, I'll pray. I'll pray until the pandemic goes away. I'll go to church, man. I'm scared. I'll go to church and and I I want to I'll, I'll start reading my Bible. Well, maybe you know, not maybe not actually like get in the building, but I'll go online. Oh yeah, I'll go, I'll online. go online. And yeah, as soon as as soon as online. I start to feel comfortable enough, uh, well, you know, I got I got I'm gonna go to the camp. I'm going to go to the lake today. Yeah, it's Sunday. I know it's Sunday, but you know, I I'll watch it from the lake. I'll watch it on my phone. Now, you know. And we do exactly what this guy's fixing to do. Look at what he's fixing to do. Moses replied, when I have gone out to the city, I will spread out my hands in prayer to the Lord. The thunder will stop and there will be no more hail. So you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But I know that you and your officials will still do not fear the Lord God. He said, I know you. I know you're not finished. You're not going to do anything, what the right thing is. And he said, the flax and barley were destroyed since the barley had headed and the flax was in bloom. The wheat had, had spelt, however... The, the wheat and spelt, however, were not destroyed because they, but they ripened later. Okay? Then Moses left Pharaoh and went out to the city to spread out his hands toward the Lord. The thunder and hail stopped, and the rain no longer poured down on the land. When Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail, and thunder had stopped, what does it say now? Three words. He sinned again. What, this is, guys, we're in, we're in a turmoil in our country right now. You know, now the, the cases are going up. Now you got Omicron. All right, and you had the Delta strain, and, and people say, "Oh, you know, it's never going to stop." You know, there's, you know, now people that have taken the vaccine are now there's, people are getting sick. The NFL, they're they're getting teams are for they mandatory vaccination, and and now they've gotten many of them have gotten sick, and you know, Pete, I just while the other, while ago that the Dallas Cowboys have had to put some people on the on the COVID list. You know, these guys are all supposed to be vaccinated. Well. You know, once this thing kind of goes and you start to see a, a place where it starts to go away a little bit, people say, ah, whew, man, that's over. Man, now we get back to doing the same things they were doing before. God got their attention for a moment, went right back to doing what they're doing before, just like this guy. What's going to happen to this guy? He's going to die. He's going to die. Some, here very quickly, he's going to die because he would not listen. What's going to happen to us, guys? What's going to happen to people that do not have a relationship with God and they start playing games with him? That's what Pharaoh was doing, playing games with them. What's going to happen? You're going to die. Well, you know, we're all going to die. We're all going to die and stand before God and have to give an account. All of us. Well, what I mean is you're going to die spiritually. Well, you know, I mean, And there'll be, there'll be a spiritual darkness in your life. You know, how often does the word refer to our existence, this existence that we have as a vapor, it is, as yeah. a puff? Yeah. It is here today mm -hmm. and gone tomorrow. Yeah. You know, be rest assured, if you're watching this, you're going to die. I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. Dan, we're all going to, we're all going to at some point die. Some of us sooner than others. Some of us sooner than others. And conventional wisdom would have... You go before me. Conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom. Yeah. But who knows? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Those people in Kentucky didn't think that either. And I'm not saying all those people are evil and that's a punishment. I'm not no, saying no, no, no. that that's at all. Not, not by any that's, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we have a limited amount of time on earth. Are we going to look around and wake up? Are we going to look at that thing in Kentucky and go, my gosh, if I get in a car accident tomorrow, which you're more likely to get in a car accident tomorrow then you are to die in a tornado. Yes. And if I get in my car and drive to work tomorrow and I don't come home, 
where do I stand? Mm-hmm. Where do I, I mean, that's, that's a... Do I have a relationship with God? That is a, a rather important question to have answered. You know, I think that's the question you ought to be asking yourself. Do I have a relationship with God? And if, I, if the answer is no, I'm not sure, then what do I need to do to get it? Maybe you need to call one of us. Maybe you need to call one of us. Maybe you need to call that number that's on the screen and say, you know, I don't have a relationship with God. And I need, I need, I need some more study here. I need to study about that, not this. I need to study about that, and we can help you with that. We'll help you to find that relationship. Absolutely, because that's Absolutely. what God wants. That's what He wants with Pharaoh. He would have blessed Pharaoh. He'll bless us. All we have to do is ask Him to do the do the things He calls us to do. Because here it says that that you know. When it got over, Pharaoh saw that the rain stopped, and he stopped, and he sinned again. He and his officials hardened their heart. Now here we go again. Yeah. Now God don't have to do it; He's doing it Himself, and all of his and some of his officials too. You know, I mean, and so Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not let the Israelites go. Just the Lord said through Moses. So the Lord hardened his heart. Now he's hard. Now he's hardening his own heart, and his officials with him. Yeah, it's it's sad. It, what's sad about it is because it's a. It it tells us it tells us really who we are, yeah. Because we're so much like this, yeah. we're so much like Pharaoh in what we do and how we approach life. And you know, we we I'm I'm, so I'm amazed, Cole, how many people that we come in contact with, they don't really care. They don't care if they have a relationship with God or not. It's like, oh well, it doesn't doesn't really matter. You know, I, I've, mm. I'll I'll do that later. Well, what if later comes tomorrow? What if later comes today? You know, what if what if you you're looking at it and saying, you know, I, I I don't really believe. Well, it really doesn't make any difference what you believe. Does it really make any difference what they believe? It only thing that matters is what does God say, and what do I do with what He says? It doesn't make any difference what Pharaoh believes. Well, my magicians are just as good. It doesn't that doesn't make any? What does he find out? They're not. They're not that good. So it doesn't really matter what you believe or don't believe. All that matters is what do you do with what God says. You could say, well, I believe that God is really a loving God. He's going to, he's going to take everybody to heaven, and nobody's going to go to hell. Does he say that? I think, you know, if you believe if that. If you believe that. I mean, if you believe that, my question is why? Does, is that what God says? And if you don't know, and if you're not sure, maybe it's time to look it up. Maybe it's time to get in the book and look. If you think that, if you think that, you know, God's not going to send anybody to hell. That's not going to happen. There's not judgment coming. None of that's coming. That's just that's just old old conservative he, type grouches. He's not looking at you like he looked at Pharaoh. Yeah, if, if that's what you think, get in the book and look. Yeah. I would challenge you on that. Get I'll in the book it. and see if that's what God says. Read the Gospels. Read the Gospels. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read them. Yeah. Just read them. Introduce yourself to the one that came and said, oh, wait a minute. No, you have a wrong perception of God. That's what he said, didn't it? What he yeah, said? That's what he said. Yeah. Of God. Oh yeah. Let me show you who the real God is. Yeah, there were a lot of people who thought they understood. Yeah, they really were. You know, in verse before we before we pray and end this because okay. I think we're I think we're ready. Um, in verse twenty four, it says it was the worst storm in all the land of Egypt since it had become a nation. You know, you'd think if that were the case, somebody would write something about it. They did. So I want to read from the Ipuwer tablet. If you remember, that's that mm-hmm. tablet that, mm-hmm. or that papyrus, but it has nothing to do with the Exodus. Forsooth gates, columns, and walls are consumed by fire. Lower Egypt. So if you're thinking lower Egypt, that, that's the upper portion. That's the portion by the Mediterranean that's the, the northern portion, okay? Uh, lower Egypt weeps, weeps. The entire palace is without its revenues. To it belong wheat and barley, geese, and fish. In other words, they've been deprived of all of that, right? 
Forsooth, grain has perished on every side. Forsooth, that has perished which, perished which was yesterday seen. The land is left over to its weariness, like the cutting of flax. So in other words, all of Something that happened. stuff, all of that stuff is gone. All of that stuff has been taken away and destroyed and everything like that. Um, wow, that's almost exactly what Exodus chapter... Almost exactly. Nine. Something happened. Something bad happened. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it keeps going. We'll get into more of it. Okay. Let's pray. Yeah. Father in heaven, I pray that you help all of us, uh, the, our audience, help them, Father, to understand how important it is that, that God wants a relationship with them. He sent his son here. His son bled and died and was raised on the third day to give them that opportunity. I pray, Father, that they will not harden their, their, their lives anymore, that they will listen to what you have to say. They will, they will listen to, to the direction you're trying to take them, and they will allow you uh, to teach them the things that need to be that need to be learned so that they can have a relationship with you. Father, bless them. Use us. Use Cole and I. Use this church uh, to help make disciples of, of these folks, Father. help Bring them to us and help us to say the right things at the right time. Thank you, Father, for stories like this about Pharaoh and about hardening his heart and the, and the plagues that came. Uh, it's going to get it's going to get very uh, there, there's so much here, so much that we're going to learn. And I just pray, Father, that you keep teaching us through this and help us to keep teaching those that are watching. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.